0: Viva Los Columbus. That's wild, huh? Well, Welcome, everybody. Happy Labor Day weekend. How are we? Woo! Yeah, so you guys are all the people who are uh, mad and stuck in town because you didn't have a friend with a beach condo, right? No lake house, no beach condo. Anyways, I'm glad you're here. We're going to have fun today. I'm Jeff, and I'm one of our pastors on staff, and uh, we are excited you're here. We're in week three of our Heartbreak Hotel series where we're talking about relationships, Of all types, married, single, uh, no longer married, uh, brother, sister, mom, dad, all the above. And we're really trying to figure out how to get off Lonely Street and really looking at God's Word to figure out how we can be healthy in our relationships. Uh, I've been telling some stories throughout this series, and one of the stories I wanted to tell you today just kind of, She kind of just depicts Christy and I's early days and how how you got to kind of work in them after your early days. But I can can remember all the way back to, gosh, it's like 24 and a half years ago, roughly, when we we first started dating. And I remember I put a lot of time and effort into getting my very first kiss. Um, I was was trying to set this all up. I was really strategic in my early days uh, with with um, preparing for our first kiss. Um, and so what I did was I, I, I would pick her up, drop her off from dates, and I would shake her hand on purpose, thinking that this would set up her desire to want to kiss me, so when it was time to try to pull the trigger. She'd be ready, and I'd be ready to be like, awesome experience. So I kind of shook her hand like, like, hey, I love you or l- like you a lot, shake your hand, like, it was awkward, like, on purpose. So when I finally got ready to for, go in for the kill, it was, like, on like Donkey Kong. And so I set up this one particular date where I had, I had really, uh, you know, just gone in, all in, and, 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 and like, got the, the food basket, uh, picnic basket, got all our favorite foods, got her favorite dessert, which back then was TCBY yogurt. Ever, anybody ever remember that? So we had one of those in our college town, and so I had it all ready. I'd even gone up to the place where we were, I was going to take her that night and got it all fixed up, got it all prepared. I mean, I really went all out for this, and so I picked her up for the date. We took her out. I took her out to this place that was a beautiful spot overlooking our city, and we called it Hang Glider Mountain. It's where literally, literally hang glider guys would run off this plank that overhung the top of this, this cliff and they would t- take off in hang glider. So we sat at the top of hang glider mountain on the hang glider plank and I was, I was, you know, we were doing all the meal, having fun and finally it was like the moment of truth, right? So I was getting ready to, to try to kiss her and I thought, uh, well, let me just kind of just make a, a memory here and I just, I asked her, I said, hey, you know, I've really, really been wanting to kiss you. Can I kiss you? And she said, sure. So when I, she, she puckered up, I puckered, I was leaning in for the, for the kill. And all of a sudden, I'm getting really close to kissing her lips. And she just falls out laughing. Like just, like literally just falls out. She's like, like, I can't hold it back. She starts laughing. And I'm like, this is like totally just like dismantling my manhood right now. So I'm like, I did all this and you're just dying laughing. So I'm like, what is going on? She's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I've been thinking about something else the entire night. That's not what you want to hear. She says, your roommates grabbed me like lunchtime today and told me all kind of stuff. I'm like, what kind of stuff? They said, well, they said that they knew you had a track record of any other girl you've ever kissed that you really drooled massively out of the side of your mouth. And she said, if I kissed you, I was going to drool all over her face. And so she's laughing over that, and she said also that if she went to hug me, if, if, if she reached too high up on my neck, the big fluffy patches of hair would be poking through my neck because I had a badly hairy back. And uh, so she was dying laughing. So all that to say, honestly, that the earliest days of our, our dating and our engagement and our really early years of marriage, they're all pretty easy. Uh, I mean, it was just, I mean, like love was flowing, grace was flowing. It was just all warm and fuzzy. But you guys realize if you've been married or dating in a relationship for any length of time, you know, over a period of time, you can lose the spark, right? You you can lose the spark because love is no longer new. And we know all relationships take a a level of work. Um, And so what we began to realize in our in our marriage, you know, we had to we had to make the investment in it. And so what I want to do today is I want to I want to look at a really, really, really powerful section of Scripture that I think really sets up relationships of all kinds. And so if, if you want to dive in with me this morning, and I hope you will, if you got a Bible, open your Bible to somewhere near in the b- middle of the Bible in, in a place called Psalms. It's right around Proverbs. you got Psalms and Proverbs. But in Psalms, it gives us this, this, this really powerful Scripture that helps us kind of look at how God related to us and how he wanted to relate, have have us to relate to others as it comes to our relationships. So in Psalms 103, Psalms chapter 103, we're starting verse 1, it says this. This is God essentially saying through David, the writer, he says, let all that I am praise the Lord. This is David expressing his desire to connect with God. And, And there's something cool that happens as he's connecting with God. He says, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Now, When it says, when he's explaining, I will praise God's holy name, essentially, that word holy describes or can describe all of God's attributes. So he's thinking about and recognizing this need and desire to praise God's holy name, essentially connecting with, understanding, relating to all of God's attributes. And he says this in verse 2. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never, what's the word there? Forget. The good things he does for me. So, what's happening here is David's saying we should remember the good things that God has done for us, and essentially we should reflect on them. So, in your notes, you've got your message notes today. By the way, everybody grab your message notes, wave those to me, let me know you guys are tracking. I know it's Labor Day weekend, everybody's a little sluggish today, but I'm telling you, you're going to walk away from today with some good stuff. So, the first thing I want you to jot down in your notes, fill in the blank, reflect God's character. Now, this is huge. This is huge because essentially what, what David's helping us to grasp here is we're supposed to reflect on God's character. And that connects and builds our relationship, us remembering who God is, what he's done. And as, as we reflect on God's character, then and only then are we we're able to reflect out God's character. So we're supposed to reflect on God's character and reflect others God's character. So here it is in, in relationships. If you want to grow in your relationship, you've got to grow with God. So the way we grow with God is the more we can reflect on who He is, be reminded of who He is. We get in God's Word, and I think of, okay, wow, that's right. I recognize God is so loving. Man, it says He's loving. Here, here's where I'm reading about that right now. Here's a story about what God did. Someone understood God's love. Here's a story about God's forgiveness, or here's some attributes. I'm just reading about God, and that's happened to me. How many of you guys have ever, you ever didn't get grace from somebody before? You blew it, you did wrong, you knew it, and they just, they squashed you anyways, right? You thought, I know I did wrong, but they're ensuring I know I did wrong, right? Anyone ever have that up up? Uh, how, how, you, how, how many of you have ever felt like you did something wrong and someone gave you grace when you realized I should not have gotten grace? Now, that's happened to me a whole lot. Uh, I was a wild child growing up. I got in trouble all the time, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And there was times I just was completely given grace. So here, here we understand, as we're reflecting on God's character, we're growing closer to God when we're doing that. And as we're growing closer to God, that ability through that relationship enables us and helps us to reflect that and mirror who God is to other people. So when that happens, man, the relationship grows. The, the music happens. So number one, reflect on God's character. Now, uh, when, when you're dating, uh, most of us, when you were dating, some of you are dating right now, it's very, very, very easy to focus on one of the components of, 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 of you know, the, your future partner. Now, people use this a lot in business. We'll say, hey, we're about to hire somebody. We want to make sure they got some character. They got some what? Competency and they got some what? chemistry, right? Those are those are three big important things, right? You want to marry somebody. I think those would also be true, right? Obviously, we, we notice and recognize there's got to be some character there. There's got to be some competency there, right? There's got to be some mental connection that you have with this person. Uh, but what we do, we focus a lot in our culture on mostly the what? The outside, right? The appearance. And so I, I was probably like a lot of you. I was leaning towards the The chemistry side of things and how good-looking Christy was when she was young. She was a cheerleader. She wore a lot of short skirts, and I happened to like that back then, and so that was the first thing that caught my eye, and lo and behold, she was a great girl, and I noticed a lot of wonderful things, but how often do most of us, we lean into the chemistry side, and we aren't really paying attention to the character side. Do you know that most marriage problems happen not because of chemistry problems, that's just a telltale of something else called the character problems. People divorce not over chemistry. They divorce over character. So the character sort of paves way and leads way for all the other things in marriage. So here's what I would say. If you're dating, you should be asking, do they honor their word? Are they a person who's honorable in their word? Do they say what they mean and, and, and do what they say? Do they honor the word? I think if you're dating, I think you ought to ask, how do they treat their parents? I loved how Christy treated her parents. I mean, it was a telltale about who she was. Now, I know if you're in high school, it's difficult. I know you're going through changes and seasons of life and you're wanting to be you're wanting to be like on your own, but you're not quite ready, but you are getting close and it's kind of a weird place for your parents because they want to get you on your own, but you're not quite ready for your own. So that's kind of weird right? And even if you're in college, you're trying to now be on your own, but yet you still, you know, so I know it's kind of different, but, but over time, if you're dating somebody, you need to look at how they, how they treat their parents. It is huge. One of the things I recognize out of Christy is how much she loved her parents by how she treated them. It, it was huge for me. I had, my parents were saying to me then, coaching me, I didn't know I was listening all that well, but apparently something was seeking in or seeping in. But I recognize that she really does honor her parents. That was huge. I think if you're dating, you should be asking, do they tell the truth? Are they honest? Because if you all of a sudden know that they're fudging the truth, that they're being dishonest, you know that when you get married, they'll do more of that than they would when you were dating. We kind of put on our best, right, when we're dating. And we're, we're, we're not really letting our hair down all that much when we're dating. But when you get married, you want to know that you're, you're looking for a person who's, who's a truth teller. Now, all this being said, and we've got people wearing no perfect people allowed shirts in my church because that's the, that's, that's the plain truth. There's nobody perfect, right? So we get that. But when you are searching for that lifelong person you want to give your life to, Why not look for the important things, not always reside on the outside things? I would say another one, number four, how do they act when they're stressed? No one ever taught me that. But I would say you can learn a lot by watching a person, how they act when they're at their max stress level. Look for it. You got options. If you're dating, if you're dating, you should take your time in figuring out who you want to spend your life with, and look at those character traits because character traits are huge. It's why many marriages struggle. It's not over chemistry. It's over character. So Matthew, um, who is an incredible writer in the New Testament, he says this. He talks about this relational context, and he's talking about how we invest in each other, and he says this. He says, do to others what you would like them to do to you. Now, many of you have probably heard that twisted a few different ways, said incorrectly. Maybe you've even heard that said or spoken even passively. Like, hey, you don't want to do to others what you don't want them to do to you. Like, kind of passive. Like, no, no, no. The Bible says you should do to others what you want them to do to you. Essentially saying what Psalms said, we should model to others. We should reflect what God's doing us. We should model to others. You should do to others what you want them to do to you. Now, that, that may not... Or should not necessarily be your motive, right? I'm going to just do to others so they'll do good to me. But you know what happens when you do that? Whether your emotions are straight or whether your desires are straight or not, it still works. And that has something to do to to, to, to say about when you. Uh, it has something to say with your actions follow, or your emotions follow your actions. If you start practicing practicing this stuff in your marriage. Whether you want to do it in that moment or not, whether you're doing it for the wrong reasons or not, guess what happens? The same results either way. Their heart will change. Your heart will change. All because you're practicing what Scripture says. There's just something, I I mean, it's amazing how God knows us, right? It's like, duh, He created us. So psychologically, He understands what moves us and gets us to different places. Better growth, healthier relationships. Do to others whatever you would like for them to do to you. This is the essence, love that word, essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. So maybe you don't feel like you're in love right now, right? Maybe maybe your marriage is on the rocks. Maybe things are really bumpy in whatever relationship you might have. Whether you feel like it or not, maybe you step out of your emotions and let your actions lead the way. Maybe you look at your relationship right now and just say, what if I started getting just 5% intentional with how I'm treating the other person? What if 5%? I just, I don't want to do it, but I, I, re, I understand that, so I'm going to give it a try. What if you did that? All right, second thing I want to give you today is it comes to relationships. We ought to step out there with the goal of meeting the other's needs, meeting the other's needs. I remember... Um, early years of my marriage, you know, it was, grace was flowing, love was flowing, it was kind of easy, I, I, I really do believe that I walked in with uh, kind of a kind of a, a lopsided mentality, uh, I, I obviously knew uh, the goal of marriage was for us to serve each other, but somehow, I think when you get year one, year two, you start dropping your guard, you start forgetting that I'm supposed to serve them, and you start thinking all about them needing to serve you, right? especially when you're new and you're, like, making house together. Uh, I remember our early house days. Uh, it was like, hey, we get to share house. We get to play house with each other. I, I get 50% of the house. She gets 50% of the house. I get 50% of the sink. She gets 50% of the other, the other sink. Or that, During then that we had one sink. It was like, however you decide divide the cabinets and however you divide the closets, right? Guys, the biggest thing you can learn in marriage is go into the sinking 100% of the house is hers. Uh, I, I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. I'm just saying you want to live and be happy. All right? Not always is the right thing make the happiest choice in life, but this this in this case it does. So I remember just like, wow, I get half a closet, and I didn't get any of a closet. I get half the sink. I didn't get any of the sink. In fact, here's a picture of a sink. It's not necessarily our sink, but that's how some of you guys are like, wow, I walked into this thinking and this is going to be a 50-50 deal, and it's like, All theirs, right? So over time, what happens to us is we forget to meet each other's needs. We forget that it's important for us to try to model giving of ourselves, sacrificing of ourselves the way Jesus did for us. Psalms 103 goes on to say, and again, this kind of clarifies who God is, kind of clarifies some of his attributes attributes about who he is and what we ought to be reflecting to others. So Psalms 103 verse 8 says this, The Lord is compassionate. I mean, there he is. That's who God is. He's compassionate. We want to know who God is. Well, here's God, and He is compassionate. God is merciful. He's slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. So, you want to know how we're supposed to be with our spouse? There it is. There it is. Now, I know you look at that. You look at that, and you think, "Gosh, that is so hard." Like, how do I have unfailing love? Well, there it is for us. You can't be unfailing. You can't be merciful. You can't be compassionate. You can't be slow to get angry when you're not connected to the one who is. So if you want to be all that in a bag of chips for your spouse, you got to be leaning into the one who you model after and are able to model towards somebody else. Um, Willard Harley sounds like a, a biker guy, but that's actually his name. He wrote the book His Needs, Her Needs. It's like one of the you know, marriage classics. There's a lot of great books out. This is one that, like, we, look, we looked at and, and actually used years ago. We've actually taught marriage stuff on it before marriage getaways. In fact, we've got a marriage getaway coming up very soon. And it's a marriage retreat that we're ha- hosting up at um, Callaway Gardens at their lodge, their lodge and spa resort. It's going to be sweet. We have like three spots left. So. If you're interested, you gotta sign up for that. You can get information at our uh, desk out there in the lobby. But here's the thing: Harley said this. He said he basically wrote this book with the idea of a fair proofing your marriage, right? He explained if we uh, we are in need of we are in need of passing on and in investing in what she needs, guys. We should be investing in what she needs. And he wrote about what those needs were. And he also said, ladies, you need to be investing in and knowing what your guys' needs are and here's are his needs. So what he did was he surveyed boatloads of people and really broke this down in a real systematic way about what you can do to really affair-proof your marriage, to keep your spouse from looking uh, elsewhere to have their needs met. So, ladies, I'm going to break this down for you and I'll break this down for the guys. He said this, number one need of the girls, of the ladies, is affection. Now, guys, it's not necessarily how you perceive affection okay this means girls ladies really need and want to hold hands they just want to be affectionate right they they don't want you to dive in there going for home base right this is not rounding third this is like a stay on first for a while without even the goal of going to third or going home you know what i'm saying all right? Most all adults in here looking around I don't see any children. I don't think. Yep, we do. Uh, but here's the thing. Affection, right? Just the affection side. That, that fills her love tank. If you will work towards that, you will get your needs met. But if you will focus on that, is one of her highest needs, she, wants to, she just wants to be affectionate. Pour her a cup of coffee. Just sit next to her. All right? Just even just touch cheeks. That's okay. That's good. Affection, all right? Hold hands. Put, her, put your arm around her. Just talk sweet, right? Affection, that's number one need. Number two, conversation. All right, Elvis says a little less conversation, but really, it's really about more conversation. Guys, it's something we got to work at. I, I know it's difficult. They got like four million amount of words they have, and we have like six, okay? <laughs> you you want to know who talks more in relationship? When you come home, look at who's got more power bars left on their cell phones, right, not, not the chocolate power boards, but, but the ones on your iPhone or your Samsung Galaxy, whatever you got, okay, all right, look who's, all right, because usually your wife's going to be dead, no power, and you, you will have power left, all right, so spend some time talking, ask her some questions, ask her how her day was, and when she starts to tell you how her day was, guys, don't try to go f- fix it, right, don't try to fix her problems. Just listen to her problems. Don't solve her. Don't solve her problems. She doesn't want you to solve them unless she asks you to solve them, you don't solve them. I know this. I've been married 23 years. all right? I'm just giving you advice. All right? Just listen. Be a great listener. Ask questions and listen. All right? That radically fills their love tanks. All right? You want to benefit from this, right? I know you do. None of us don't want to benefit, but this is how you fill their love tanks. Number three be honest and open, all right? She wants to know about you too. She didn't want you to act like you got it all together. You don't need any help. You don't need anybody to help you. You know, you're the man. No, she wants you to be honest. She would love for you to share some intimate things that you got going on in your life. She's okay with that, all right? You can share something about you. Be open and be honest. Fourth thing is financial support. This doesn't mean you got to Uh, Beat the Joneses and have a nicer car And make more money than the other guy That's not to squash you That's to to say, own it together If you do your finances, work them out together Some of you guys are like me I'm not the financial wizard in our house I don't want to be But I used to take that to a fault Because Christy was so organized So good at it I would just kind of leave it all up to her What I didn't realize was she was carrying the burden Because she knew the information That's not good Guys, you need to dive into that, own that information, and you wear the burden, right? That's really, really healthy and helpful. Fifth thing is this. Uh, Her need is that you would be highly committed to the family, right? So she needs to know that they are number one, not anybody else. Nobody else has that place of the family being number one in your life. You've got to model that. That's time well spent. And guys, every guy here, every girl here, you need some time to recharge. I get that, right? But don't, it's not that every day you're running off with your buddies doing something else. You can do that, but only after that love tank is full. So that means you've got to be an expert at reading those gauges, right? You got to know where that love tank is. If it's empty, not a good day to run off, right? Come home, spend time, do what you need to do, and make a commitment to, to investing in the family. All right, guys. Guys, number one need is this. No one knew that, right? Right? Okay, so we're just going to breeze right over this because that's a duh-huh. Guys, we know. We're just all animals, okay? That is a guy's number one need. All right, but I will say this. This book was written with the idea of affair-proofing your marriage. Ladies. So think about that. In terms of how you would fair-proof your marriage, guys, can I get a, can I get any? Come on, fellas. Okay, all right, good. All right, I didn't write the book. All right. I'm just reading, reading what the results were. All right, number two, guys. Number two need is recreational companionship. Guys, guys, guys wanna 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 play with their with their spouse. They wanna find something that you can do together. And I know sometimes that's difficult. I mean, some guys are like, they want to, you know, jump off big rocks and do crazy adventure things. But, guys, you may have to dial it down a notch and find something you can do that she is willing to do with you. Um, Christy, you know, we've, we'd love it. we've loved riding uh, anything outdoors. So if it's got wheels or tires and we can ride it, I love to do it. Back in the day, we, we had some... Jeeps, you know, Wrangler type CJ7s over the years. We've had ATVs. We've had all types of, and I love that stuff. So if I can get her on the back of whatever it is or next to me, we're riding outdoors. That's just, that's special for me. Well, she loves that too. She didn't know she liked it. We, we love that together. Even mountain bikes. We used to mountain bike together. Easy rides, not like I ride with the boys. But find something you do. And, and guys, be willing to put up that same effort for things she likes to do. I have seen more oh my gosh like plays in my lifetime with like guys in tights uh I mean like the worst stuff I could ever do but I do them because I, I love her. And even though she knows that I don't like it it fills her bucket because it's a commitment I've made to her. I do it because I love her and there's there's it maximizes the relation, relationship for us. So Recreational companionship. Another one is this. And I didn't write this. He wrote it. Guys, number three needs are an attractive spouse. Now, girls, we should be in love with your look, with how you are, not with anybody out there who is the, the, the model on TV, the model on the magazine. That's not who we should be subscribing to, guys, is what our look is. We married you. That's our look, right? I love my wife. She is the look I like. She is the look I want, right? And as you start filling her bucket, it does, it becomes magic how this can work, fellas. It, it can be really, really special uh, when you recognize how attractive your spouse is. But ladies, you've got to work to be attractive, right? Don't quit at that. One of, the, one of the saddest things that I see is when a couple splits up, all of a sudden, they go get tan, they get beautiful, they get in shape, they start taking care of themselves. I'm like, why did you stop? Why did you quit at this? I mean, the guys, he's all of a sudden, he's back in the gym, he's working out, he's doing all this stuff, right? I'm like, why, why have you lost 20 pounds now after you, after you guys quit? Why? Why did you, did spouse, girl, why did you go get all prettied up? You're doing all this, making, why did you do that prior to that? He wants an attractive spouse, all right? That's not saying you got to be like somebody else. You just be the best version of you, right? That's, that's God honoring, I believe. Uh, domestic support. Uh, he, wants, he wants your help. He wants your health, help, help with the domestic stuff, right? That's not, we did a whole series on this a while back, so I, I can't backtrack all over this. But it, it is obviously 100%, 100% in how we serve each other and help each other. But domestically, domestically, you're better at some of that stuff than he is. Now, guys, that does not give you any uh, percent of backing off with taking out the trash without helping him playing your role. But that is something that does meet his needs, all right? Uh, Fifth thing is this, admiration. I'm telling you what, I don't know why this is number five. I would put it way up there, number two probably. Um, but, But admiration, that is... What fills his bucket is when you admire who he is. If you'll brag about him, if you sit around the table with your kids and say, your kids, you know what your dad did today? He worked hard for our family. He did X. He did he did Y. I'm telling you, he'll, he'll, he will bow up with his head down over the plate, and he will like, he'll, that head will come up. I promise you. Don't do it tomorrow, but like do it sometime this last week. You start <laughs> bragging about your man, have a hidden camera, and he would be like, that's me. Yep. I'm, I mean, I promise you that will happen. All right, so that leads us into this. Um, number three, we've got to show love and respect. Another great book. Um, Emerson, Dr. Emerson Eggerts wrote, Love and Respect. And if, if we can understand this and how powerful this is biblically, uh, and if we can exercise this, you will your, ma- your marriage will be white hot. It really will. It will be white hot. None of this... Is stuff we don't we can't cognitively get. This is not rocket science. This is practice science. Right? You you will you literally will prove God's word when you activate and become intentional on in these things. You will go, Oh my gosh, God's word is really true. This this really does make sense. After you get out of your emotion and you say, whether I feel like it or not, I'm going to do this. I'm telling you, the magic will happen. So here's the thing. Number three. Uh, show love and respect. So these love and respect are mutual things that literally work together. Um, they work together, but sometimes they break down. So I, I, I thought I'd give you a, a few songs, lyrics, uh, some lyrics from songs that show what love looks like or love and respect looks like when it's, when it's, when it's broke, when it's not working. All right, here's the first one. All right, this is a country song. All right, this is kind of edgy for church, but it says, "Song." This song is where where love's broke down, where the relationship's breaking down. It Says, "Get your tongue out of my mouth because I'm kissing you goodbye." All right, love and respect is is broken. Right? Anybody agree with that? All right, number two. How could you believe me when I said I loved you when you know I've been a liar all my life? I kind of thought these were kind of funny. You guys are like, oh, my gosh, okay? (laughs) These are really, really sad, all right? So, all right, here's one. I like this one. This is kind of funny. Uh, She ran off with my best friend, and I miss him, okay? (laughs) Love and respect, it's broken. All right, so let's let's go back to the Bible, all right? We'll just go back to the Bible. works good. Um, All right, so talking about God, Psalms continues in chapter 103, verse 11. It says, for his unfailing love towards those who fear or respect him is as great as the height of heavens above the earth. So God, God is essentially saying he's got massive love for people who respect him. I mean, he loves that. God's, I mean, he just kind of shows how relational God is. And if you understand that we were created in the image of God, I mean, all the, all the attributes about God are all the attributes that, attributes that work for us. That, that help us grow, that enable us to have better relationships, that are all things that we desire. God modeled all that. That's who God is. All these wonderful things that we want, that we need, God is all that. So as we lean into God for these things, we become stronger with these things, and we're able to reflect them onto other people. And the relationships, because of that vertical relationship with God, work better. So he's got unfailing love for those who fear and respect him and it's it's massive so essentially this this verse helps us grasp that love and respect they work together, they work together they they literally um, they they just function together very very well ephesians Paul says this he says in verse chapter five verse thirty three so again, I say, each man must love his wife this is a this is a It's yeah, it's a command, but this is a prescription. You want to have a good relationship. Women need love. That's that's specific for them. Guys, we need love, but there's something else we want and crave that's bigger to us than that love that she desire that she uh, needs, and that is this: Uh, we ought to love our wives as we love ourselves, but the wife must respect her husband. So. Uh, the love that, guys, we've got to give her, it ought to be given unconditionally. And I know that's hard because we're imperfect, right? There are days that I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm difficult, right? I'm just kind of out of sorts. I'm stressed. I'm not feeling all great. Some days I just don't, I'm not very good at loving unconditionally. I'm mad or she's hurt me and I'm, you know, being a baby about her or whatever. But here's the thing. No matter what, no matter what was said, no matter what was done, no matter the level of hurt, love needs to be unconditional. So we've got to sometimes be big boys and step out of our emotion and just practice what God says to practice. Go give love in the the five ways that we talked about earlier. Maybe, Maybe it's sitting down and asking her if part of our, Uh, takeaway today asking her what are the five things that fill your bucket what what are the what are the ways that I can love you better tell me your top five ways it's going to be somewhere around those five but maybe specific for her I could ask that question Uh, ladies respect needs to be unconditional and I, I promise you I hear this all the time I hear ladies saying all the time I will love I will respect him when he becomes respectable right when he finally becomes respectable then i'll show him respect you're missing it you literally can build him to become the man you want and he wants to be by you respecting him now and and, and scripture says just go for it just do that in advance because it will pay dividends in your life if you'll do that same way with with the ladies guys Love her unconditionally. I don't feel like loving her right now because she's not being very lovable. Love her anyways. You know what love does? Scripture says love covers a multitude of sins. Mike Fortenberry preached one of the best messages I ever heard about loving unconditionally and loving love covering covering a multitude of sins. Right? When she does wrong, you you don't call it out. You don't let everybody know about it. You cover it. When you're frustrated, you're mad, she did wrong, she hurt you, she didn't show you respect, you don't tell everybody about it. You don't bust her chops over it. You don't just blow it all up. You cover it. If you'll start covering her, if you'll start loving no matter what, you'll get the respect. But ladies, respect has got to be unconditional, whether he is respectable or not. So the way this kind of works is... When we're communicating love to her through holding her hand, through uh, talking with her, with sharing your feelings with her, when you're helping out with the kids, when you're taking maybe a new leadership role spiritually, all of a sudden, for her, love moves horizontally. When you're doing those things to her, she feels like you're moving closer to each other. And when you're not loving her, she feels like love is moving further away from her. Guys, it's vertical for us. When ladies, when you are respecting your man, if you sit down at dinner and you're saying, kids, let me tell you about your dad today. Hey, you, you're around his buddies and you say, my husband, he's the man, let me tell you. Let me tell you. All of a sudden, he feels like he's moving vertically higher. And when you're disrespecting your what, guess what happens? He feels lower. Right? You want to scrape him off the floor? You, 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 you have the power to do that. You have the power to squash him by disrespecting. He, he wants to be admired if you I'm telling you ladies that you have no clue you we 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 can be almost puppets in your hands if you literally knew this right we need to be admired just the very same way God put in you a need to be loved and the only way we can do this if we're is is when we're leaning into the one who is all love who has unfailing love who is all all encompassing when it comes to Every bit of value relationship that we need, get it from God. I want to close with a story. One of my favorite pastors he 's a, he's a, he's a black pastor. His name 's Evie Hill, and uh, he 's just one of those fire, passionate like shout, but I love I've, I, for years i 've loved listening to this guy. In fact that he would if I could be anybody and as a pastor, it'd be Evie Hill. Evie Hill tells, tells a story about one time coming home um, late night he has been working hard. He comes home to his, his spouse. He opens the door, and all of a sudden, all the lights are out. Candles are everywhere. And the, the dining table is just like just all decked out. And he's like, whoa, hey, hello, right? Well, all of a sudden, he, he's like, uh, I, I need to go wash my hands. He's kind of grubby. He's been working all day. He goes to the bathroom, and he's getting ready to wash his hands. She's like, no, 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 you can't go in there. No, 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 go in there. No, just come come sit, come sit. She's try, like, really trying to like get him to not go anywhere else in the house so he goes in the bathroom anyways he flicks the light on there's no no power he's like hey there's no power in here she's like oh it's okay come come sit down come sit down well he goes to the kitchen he just flips on the kitchen light. there's no power he goes around the house there's no power anywhere he's like baby there's no power he's like baby just sit down i didn't want you to know any of that I, i i wanted just to enjoy today we somehow baby i don't know how it happened we just we didn't have enough money to pay the bills so there's no power on the house but I didn't want you to know that. Just sit down and let's just, and, and so 32 years later, Evie Hill does his wife's funeral. She died of cancer. You know the story he tells? He tells that night. He said, she could have busted my chops. She could have said, you know, you're an idiot. I'm paying the bills and you're not providing for us. You, she could have totally like squashed him Disrespected, unadmired But she, she literally sat him down that night he's explaining this in, in the, her funeral Saying she said Baby, let's not focus on that tonight I just, wanna, I just want you to know that I, I'm okay with what you're already doing I'm proud of you I'm, And he says, you know, 30 years went on beyond that And I became the man she wanted me to be He told that story 32 years later. That was the story. He said, I never forgot that. He said, that set the stage in our marriage. Now, guys, your wife may not do that, and that may not set the stage, but somebody's got to set the stage. it, it, It may be, ladies, you might be light years ahead of your guys spiritually. Maybe you need to pray for them and not chastise them. Maybe you need to quit busting his chops and unadmiring him. Maybe it's just go ahead and be like Jesus and start respecting. I mean, think about this. God loved us so much and respected us so much that he sacrificed the ultimate sacrifice by giving his son for us. So, so ladies, gentlemen, we want a model. You want to have a great marriage? Just say Jesus. That's it. He is your source of strength. He is your hope. He is all your abilities. As we lean into him, then and only then can we be that for the other persons in our life. Let's pray. God, we just surrender to you today. We acknowledge that we have nothing and are nothing without you. God, we ask that each of us today, wherever we are in relationships, some, none, one, brother, sister, mom, dad, spouse, children, whatever, God, would you help us to lean in and reflect on you so we can reflect others to you so god we 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 cherish god what you've done for us god we didn't deserve what you did for us god so when others don't deserve what we have from you god because of you would you help us to pass that on to them god let us be love let us be sacrifice let us be unfailing respect an uncompromising character because of you in us. And God, when we fail, because we will, God, let us lean back on you for grace and let us pass that on when they fail us. So Lord, we we celebrate you as being a God who loves us unconditionally. God, as we lead in this last song, God, let us celebrate it, let us sing it because you are God and we love you. Amen. Let's all stand.